0: So, Tracy, we were just speaking with Carson, and, you know, we're going around the country. Thank you so much for having us here at your home on our 50-state tour. I mean, we, I've never been to Oregon, and your home is beautiful. This property is gorgeous. Thank you. And I haven't interviewed anybody as young as Carson either. He's nine years old. He's a wise nine, and his passion is to encourage others. Tell me how, why you think or how you think Carson became so wise at such a young
1: age. Hmm. Um, (laughs) That's a very good question. Um, I'm not, perhaps the way he was raised, um, we didn't tell him uh, about his brother having Down syndrome until he was older, and until he was about six years old, I believe. Uh, Craig and I took him out to eat and we thought it was just the right time in his life to to share that with him and put a label on it, um, to, to call it something. Um, he always wondered why all these speech pathologists were coming to the house and why they always got to work with, with Corbin but never him and they always had fun things to do and, and treats and he's, why, why are they always coming for Corbin? And, we just explained it that Corbin needs a little extra help with his words, just like mom needs help with her eyes and, and uh, that's why I wear glasses. Um, so I think in, in growing up and how we have um, uh, hopefully been role models, I was also a special ed teacher um, that he's, he's learned and, and grown to become a very incredible kid. We're very blessed, so. Now, I know that you and Craig both have had struggles of your own. Yes, great struggles. I was um, a teacher in Oregon for 16 years, and um, Craig was also working in in one of our classrooms at the high school, and he was attacked by a student, a high school student, a very violent kid. Um, and ended up having a back surgery. Um, because of that, he he uh, he needed a tri-level fusion. What other struggles have you dealt with? Um, I was pregnant and we didn't know we were having a child with Down syndrome, which I was very grateful for that. Um, so, after Craig got his surgery, um, I had to go back to work. And Craig was able to be at home for all the speech pathologist and the physical therapist and everyone coming into our home. Not only that, he was able to tell me what the homework was, how the sessions went, um, to be able to show me what the physical therapy exercises were, and to be able to do them. So um, it was almost a, a blessing in disguise that you know Craig was home. Um, if we could have had it differently, we you know of course we wouldn't want a back injury to to have uh in us in those circumstances but i don't think corbin would be doing so well today if it wasn't for craig being home and being available and after his back surgery he had heart surgery yeah and then after that you got ill i did i got ill um yeah i uh <laughs> so here i was i was i'm a special ed teacher um taking care of Students teaching uh, students with severe disabilities, so people like Corbin with Down syndrome and, and autism. Um, and I, uh, uh, and then you know having my son after you know six years of being a teacher, and then my husband becoming disabled, and um, I started. Uh, my back was really starting to hurt and um, the fatigue and uh, um, it was really hard to get up and go to work and I was running out of uh, sick leave. Um, so I finally was diagnosed with fibromyalgia um, through a rheumatologist and had to um, quit working and it was very hard so I was trying to do things to to get better and, um, and then I can't remember, maybe six months later my knee started bothering me and I thought I'd hyperextended it and I went in and had an MRI done and they uh, looked at the images and found the synovial fluid and my knee um, was not not okay and it was confirmed at that point that I did have rheumatoid arthritis and they said we're gonna start you on chemo. And the chemo portion of that was a lot harder to take than. Um, than the actual diagnosis of rheumatoid arthritis i knew i had had that for probably two years um, before i was actually diagnosed with it my blood my blood work my blood count was coming out as positive then negative then positive then negative but once they saw that mri of my knee it was confirmed so for chemotherapy i mean this is an ongoing thing that you have to do, right? It is. Shots yes. once a week? Yes, it is. Every Sunday evening um, it can make that Monday a little difficult. <laughs> that old saying of, you know, <laughs> oh, Monday's back at work. Well, my Mondays just look a lot different today. And um, the worst part is just the, the thought of it. Um, Craig comes in and he does it with me. The kids are in bed, they do not know I have this disease, um, nor that I do the shots. Everything's been hidden and, and locked up. Um, and But we just say a prayer and, and kind of do a meditation over the, the shots and say, you know, just hope that this is the right thing for me to do, be doing right now and that I'm trusting the doctors um, for for me right now. May it heal me and keep this nasty disease aside. So. Um, the, the, the worst thing about the chemo is that my, uh, I, I don't know if the chemo brain or chemo fog or whatever is, that's the hardest thing to deal with. So uh, I had a hard time with name retrieval, so now I really a hard time with name retrieval, but, um, but it, it is what it is. And I just write things down and um, really try to stay in the moment and take it day by day. I can't be worried about if I was in bed or not yesterday um, or what tomorrow might look like. I just plan on getting it done. And if I get it done, I get it done, so. Well, and something that I've been noticing is that while
0: Carson says his passion is to encourage other people, I see the same in you. Mm -hmm. And the energy in your home is a very happy energy despite all of these challenges that you're going through I mean, and even to the point where talk about encouraging other people, you're encouraging Carson to, you know, get these shirts out there and make <laughs> a difference in the world. You, you know, you like to volunteer, and you still, in the few conversations we've had, are talking about what you can do for others despite all of these challenges that you he- have
1: here that you're faced with. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. It's it's uh, definitely been a struggle in just really staying in the moment has just helped. I, I, uh, part of the volunteering is that I don't want to be a drain on society, which I really felt two years ago, um, and, and how I was really defined about, be, you know, defined as being a teacher, and when I couldn't do that any longer I was really lost. So I did a lot of um, searching and and uh, did some incredible coursework um, and a lot of work to find out what my uh, mission is what my passion is so what is your mission now it is helping helping others Um, uh, we have um, some water um, water machines that we're finding incredible um, success with with helping other people Um, anywhere from cancer to my rheumatoid arthritis it's helped me get out of bed um, also. Um, and just seeing how it's ha- helped my family and friends is just incredible. And, um, and the t-shirts and also I wrote a book 16 years ago about it, um, children with disabilities um, that I haven't seen in 16 years and I found it. So, Where did this passion I, start for you? Um, I, I don't know. I've always had an interest for people with disabilities, always. Um, when I was in third grade, um, Carson's age, we lived in Jackson Hole, Wyoming, and we had a special Olympics, Winter Olympics, and we got to host um, the children, the students. So we had a girl with Down syndrome my age, Martha, that would come for two years in a row and stay, and then we had an older gentleman who'd come and that was my brother's age. And um, Martha and I, we had two twin beds next to each other, and we'd sit up all night and just laugh and giggle, and it was so silly. And, and um, that always meant a lot, always meant a lot to me. I, I, I think of her. Um, I was also, you know, in middle school and high school going over to the elementary school, and I'd always pick the kids that um, might have been struggling, might have been struggling. Um, I also have a learning disability, so I, I felt those kids and what they're going through and those struggles. Um, so I always was attracted to the maybe the underdog, I don't know what you might want to call them, those that need a little bit extra encouragement. Exactly, and exactly. So, how did so, you feel when you realized that your son had Down syndrome? It was actually very difficult. Um, my husband was incredible. He's like, Woohoo, doesn't make me love him anymore, can't love him anymore, you know, and um, my first reaction was, we have a special Olympian, <laughs> and I just sat in the hospital bed and just cried, and Craig's just sitting in the hospital bed, and we just held each other, and the doctor's sitting in the chair beside us, and she's, you know, cuddling on Corbin, and after she had told us, she took Corbin and just sat in the room, and, and, um, uh, it, it but it was it was a challenge. It was Do you think it's because you knew what this meant
0: for him, because you did have experience with special needs kids?
1: Um, no, it was just the acceptance. I think that um it maybe wasn't what I you know, everyone hopes that they have a healthy child with ten fingers and ten toes. Um Mine was just a little bit different, you know, if I plan a trip, like I'm going to, to Alaska and I'm going, you know, end up in, in uh, Germany, you know, where it's, it's different, it's a different language, it's a different, you know, currency, it's a different, <laughs> you know, everything is, is different, so um, I wouldn't change it for the world um, now. Uh, a lot of that was just my own acceptance, my own, you know, um, but it's made me stronger in who I am and, and really learning to stay in today. You know, I remember being out in the backyard with, with Carson a while back and we were digging an old stomp and, and Corbin was in there and it's like, oh, what's that, centipede, ooh, you know, and we're playing and, okay, mom, we'll dig some more. And Corbin got up and did something, quacky, his Corbinism, whatever. And I looked at Carson and he looked at me and I said, what would we do without him? What would we do without him? You know? Yes. What do you think, though, that you've learned about yourself? Um, That just because I might be limited in my physical abilities, it doesn't define me. And there's so much more that I can do, but not just physically. I can still help in the world, help people, and um, and uh, learn. What kind of advice
0: would you give others about this, about getting out there, learning, and helping
1: others? Uh, there... It's probably one of the biggest gifts I can receive is helping others and getting out of my own yuck. Um, uh, we like to give. And, um, and it used to be about the receiving end of that and now it's, it's the give with no receiving. Um, and with that comes the love and uh, the uh, understanding and all of that. So um, it, it's a process and uh, I've learned more in the last couple years with me unable to work than I have in my whole entire lifetime. So I finally feel like I've woken up, so. And if it takes a disability to learn that, so be it. So, a lot to be grateful for.
0: And (laughs) you used to be angry, right?
1: Oh, so angry. So angry. Just that here I was taking care and teaching children with disabilities. And uh, then I have a son with disabilities. And then my husband became disabled with his back and this congenital heart condition. And now me, and now me. So yeah, I went through a definite period of feeling a victim, because I was so defined by my being a teacher.
0: You're I, still a teacher?
1: Yeah. It's sure Jeram. Just looks different. <laughs> it get sensitive. <laughs>
0: Yeah. Good job. <laughs> Thank you for listening to today's episode. I have come to be known as the 50 states in 90 days lady, a concept that is unfathomable to most. If you would like me to come speak at your event about how to envision, explore, and execute a plan, or how to create a life that is more exciting or more meaningful, you can find me at MotivateMePodcast.com. And the world keeps turning and I just keep moving along. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Whoa. And the world keeps turning and I just keep moving.